0: Hello fellow Bitcoiners and designers, welcome to the Bitcoin Op UX UI podcast where we talk about the state of design of the Bitcoin network with a focus on user experience, interface and general visual design. Today we talked with Rodolfo Novak from CoinKite and discussed their design process from branding to actual hardware design, supply chain and the tools used in the creation of Cold Card and OpenDime. Hope you like it. How's it going, Rodolfo? Thank you so much for taking the time. So I've been following your work for a while and I really wanted to have a conversation with you. And since there's no real podcast that kind of looks at Bitcoin in a kind of design perspective, I thought it would be really interesting to talk to you and get your take on more user and design centric kind of approach to Bitcoin. So yeah i was hoping that maybe i know that you you come from the southern hemisphere and you used to study art, so i was really hoping that you could maybe talk a little bit about those kind of early years and how somehow that transition to bitcoin and how you use that in your work and in coinkite
1: yeah i mean you know it was uh, it was something i was interested in uh, back in the day uh... Uh, design and art and I uh, sort of like got into that um, and uh, I mean it's been so long <laughs> uh, I've been so deep in uh, in uh, tech and security now for over a decade that uh, seems like a lifetime ago um, but it, it, you know it's uh, it, it's uh, it's uh, it's a consideration that always interested me and I, I think our sort of our products reflect that there is um they have a certain aesthetic uh that sort of convey this this bitcoin ethos in them you know they're transparent you can see the pcb mm-hmm. you know it's all sort of like in that no don't trust verify mentality yeah
0: um, absolutely and i know that uh, your partner peter uh who, does, who works mostly in the, in the design part, in the CoinKite and Coldcard and uh, OpenDime? Because I understand that the, I, I've always been fascinated by the, the kind of the branding and the design approach of, of the products you develop. And I was wondering, is this a collaboration between you two or? Do it's you a develop? collaboration. Nice. So, but is it something that who's handling more of the graphics?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I do. Uh, We have uh, people that that do some stuff for us as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not... uh, We don't sort of like, you know, everybody helps with everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, um, you know, I have very, very specific sort of like things I want, uh, like things I want things to look like. But... um, I don't, especially for the hardware, uh, I think it's important to sort of be a collaboration uh, to, to 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 achieve that look. Um, it, it's, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's always really helpful to have someone, even if it's you or anybody else, kind of stress test your designs and figure out how to, they could be improved because we need to kind of, get out of our own heads when designing. Exactly.
1: Um, You know, it's kind of funny, but in terms of UX, uh, our products are surprisingly very easy to use. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, the the bottleneck for our UX is actually the fact that we don't have a centralized wallet. Uh, Like Trezor and Ledger, you know, they have their own Mm -hmm. sort of app on the computer kind of thing. Um, I don't like that approach mostly because of security and privacy issues. Um, so we are in a way sort of beholden to the UX in Electrum, the the UX in Bitcoin Core, um, or or in other wallets that support uh, Coldcard.
0: Yeah, but don't you think that, for instance, uh, in all the instances I've used Coldcard, I I felt like okay, this is this is kind of a novel experience to to use this this tiny machine that's so. Isolated from everything else, but in a way, it's it pretty much can considered compatible with anything. It's just the the software that's on your other machines that connect to the internet. They they kind of it almost feels like they need to adapt to the cold card, as opposed to having the cold card adapt to to it. Maybe because the cold card is such an extreme example of like isolation.
1: Yeah, it's that was part of the feel, right? i i i I wanted a device that was about the size of a credit card mm-hmm. it, it, you know there is there's a lot of credit card um uh conceptual understanding in the world there's a lot of uh boxes already for multiple cards there's a lot of sort of economies of scale around that size right it's just i it, i like leveraging sort of like existing economies of scale for things right So it's the same reason why you don't make a container in a different size. Mm -hmm. A container is that size because that's the size that you're going to find the steel sheets, that you're going to find, you know, the trucks, everything, right? So uh, just not necessarily like completely going for the standard, but like just living within the standard um, really sort of uh, makes the world a lot simpler for the people who are using the product.
0: Definitely. I, I think in, in my experience the the whole thing about how the cold card kind of changed everything was before then all I could think about was maybe go online and purchase a a really old computer, disassemble it, and then just have some machine to generate private keys and then suddenly the cold card comes and like, Okay, this is this is basically the device that a lot of us were looking for, so now we don't need to kind of do it ourselves
1: yeah I, I think you know it's because you're probably like me right like i, I design the stuff around my needs mm-hmm. it, it, you know we we were looking at the market and we we're like you know like, i just i just can't believe there is not a device that like it's like secure enough and, and that it's like sort of uses the stress trust minimized model right that is like that runs off of a battery yeah it, it's uh uh, I, w- I was actually very surprised none of my competitors actually like sort of improved their products in, in like so many years you know they're prettier now uh, they okay. you know might have a color screen might have you know some touch and stuff but like it's the same stuff like they're not like nobody's exper- like uh, experimenting with new experiences right it's the same idea with open dime too it's like people are not trying stuff yeah, They're not really sort of trying to invent new ways of using Bitcoin. And that's sort of to me, the travesty, yeah. you know, in 10 years, people should be trying to create stuff, not just sort of compete on future baiting.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think uh, the way Bitcoin presents a new paradigm, I think the, the products that surround the, the protocol also need to kind of develop a little bit of new design thinking because the requirements are so different that the objects themselves need to be different.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And it's, uh, you know, this is the first time that the value is actually in the computer, right? So before the value was just sort of represented in something on the computer, but it was somewhere else. So I kind of feel like you have to encompass the metaphor somehow that the the stuff is in it. (laughs) I mean, it's, I imagine that's, that's the design problem.
0: Like, I, it's, it's interesting that you say that you develop primarily these products for you and for everybody that, on your team. Uh, I think that's probably the best design approach because if you're trying to solve someone else's problem, you're not going to really understand it. I mean, at some point, I think your own problem can evolve, but primarily you tend to understand yourself a little better than everybody else. I mean, it's hard I, to I agree. yourself
1: but no I, I totally i totally agree it's uh people think they know what they want and mm-hmm. they think they're explaining well what they want but it's kind of impossible to know what re- people really want uh so uh you know we we are users we've been in this space for a while so we figured hey you know let's uh let's scratch our own itch um and uh that that's what we came up with oh. you know there is other things that we would love to do, but the, the constraints, uh, um, the economies of scale of certain things are not there yet, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the product we have now is, is, is a market fit, right? Like it, it's sort of like what we can do for the size of the market that we have uh, and, and remain sort of like competitive and sort of profitable so that we can keep on making stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, like there is other technologies that we can do. We can create custom chips that we can reduce the size of things. We can use bigger, more expensive screens. Um, there's a ton of stuff that could be done that we would love to do. Um, but uh, but we don't think that the, the market can support those yet in a way that's sort of like healthy for the company.
0: Yeah. And I I... <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I, I think of myself as being such a an extreme conservative when it comes to Bitcoin. But for instance, the, the idea of having a, a bigger display, a color display or a touchscreen on a, on a cold card, for me, it's almost like, uh, do we really want this? Maybe it will make the the usability so much better. But what, is, what are the trade-offs? Like, it's already hard for me to, I mean, hard or impossible for me to go into the code base and understand everything. You add another another layer of complexity dealing with colors and dealing with more pixels and suddenly it's like okay now i need to make sure that this library is not really touching the the key generation so somehow it's like if you keep it to the bare minimum i i that's that's one of the things i really appreciate about the products you develop is they're they're so pure and reduced
1: that yeah it's I uh, i i don't know like for me um, you, you know, some people like to, you know, paint. Some people like to, uh, I don't know, like ride horses, right? Like, I mean, I have some hobbies, but like, I, I really love making stuff, right? And, but, but making stuff, there's a reason why I hate Raspberry Pis, right? It's because it, it, it's, a, it's a product trying to please everybody and fails at all of that because it's just crappy hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's really nice about making stuff when you have to be profitable or when you have the, the constraint is not the size the canvas, it's like, can I fit this in the market? Right? It's like, I don't care if you like my product or not. Are you willing to buy my product or not? No. <laughs> right? It's like, it, I don't care if you like it. Are you going to buy it? Right? Like, because that, that to me is sort of like where it's at. It's like, it's like are you willing to part your money? part away of your money to, to exchange for this device, right? Like that to me is, is the constraint I want to work with, right? I, I want to fit that market. Um, and, and, and Bitcoin is such a raw thing that, that, like you said, like reducing the product to its bare minimum is where it's at, right? Like I want as simple as possible, like on the hardware side, on the software side, on the part side, you know, everything, the whole stack. Because that's, that's how you have less things to trust and you have less things to break, right? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, we don't even include a USB cable on the package of mm-hmm. the code card, right? Um, it's, uh, I think sort of like that, that's, the, that's the mentality that we, that we have. It's not something we reflect a lot on. We just sort of sit and make things.
0: I, I love it. I think it's a great approach and I think, Everybody, I I feel like the um, I'm still on the on the cold card Mark II. I haven't purchased the Mark III yet, so I'm not super familiar with the features that are exclusive to that. But for now, I think everybody that tries to take uh, their kind of big Bitcoin practices to the extreme, at least within I speak for myself within my knowledge limitation, I feel like it's the one of the most pure products out there that helped users deal with the with the protocol and Bitcoin
1: overall. Yeah, I think um, I, we have a lot of sort of like a love for uh, for for example, black and white displays, and uh, I think it shows even on the block clock, right, like the, the yeah. digits, right? like that. Um, and uh, it, somehow, like Bitcoin is nothing more than numbers, right? So why should I use a color display to display numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Why should I make a bunch of like graphics and all kinds of colors and things and sort of like pollute the whole UI with it? Um, it's, uh, that command line look is very... It, it puts me at ease, right? Because there's less stuff between me and the Bitcoin.
0: Exactly. I think that's a great way to put it, that there's no, there's no layer of fancifulness and crazy graphics between you—it's also somewhat respectful of the user because I feel like it's not dumbing it down. And you're dealing with serious stuff.
1: Be careful; it's risky. Right? Yeah, there is no bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I like to put it. Right? <laughs> like we we don't build the bullshit to begin with to to have to remove it. It's uh, um, and also maintainability everything else right like it's a, especially on, on on embedded devices right like if you do have graphics and things it's like you have to maintain all that stuff it's just more crap um uh re- reducing everything is a plus right bitcoin is a no bullshit money i want to make a no bullshit device uh i want to put all the features and then we sort of like Try to make it as easy as possible after we put all the features that we want. And, and you know, we, we will create a menu called Advanced and stuff all the stuff there. Yeah. Right. It's uh, because there is a lot of people who are advanced who need it. I'm not going to take them away because, you know, some people, because most of the market can't use it. Um, I still need it for myself and it's going to exist. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, if your product doesn't have a, a category in the menu called Danger Zone, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're not a grown up.
0: Yeah, I think the the level of openness. I think it's yeah. Ultimately, it's your Bitcoin. You should be able to do whatever you want with it, even if you want to burn them or if you want to do something stupid with it. Uh, I think having a device that allows you to do that with the
1: with the right warnings ahead of it. But I think it's yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, we still ask you to confirm yeah. if you want to. <laughs> Course. you know, destroy all your money. Uh but yeah, like it's like Bitcoin is permissionless, so should be the devices that work on it. Um I mean you know but there's also like certain realities right to it that uh that that I have to sort of understand the limitations of my market, right? So you know uh I'm not making a device that's gonna fit you know the many newcomers, unless it's like say Open Dime. But you know, I, I do I do have less market uh, yeah. for for making products that don't support shit coins or or, uh, or don't uh, don't have centralized. You know, unless I make compromises, right? Like a lot of compromises, like like Ledger and Trezor do. Uh, I I can't get the whole market. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know that's that's the choices we make.
0: Yeah, and I think I think it's great because why 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 please everybody? You end up probably diluting your your use case, and then you end up with a, a little device that's probably not that useful.
1: Yeah, I guess that's that's one of the that's one of the problem. Well, that's that's the problem with some of the competitors, right? Uh, you know, one of them sort of has like a lot of like cool designy things and like blog posts that make everybody feels great and you know it has no security yeah but at <laughs> that point
0: like why why not use your laptop and a mouse uh,
1: exactly bigger, yeah. right uh, at least like one of the bigger ones uh that's closed source uh it, you know at least it's secure it's closed source and all but mm-hmm. that's their that's their compromise but so, but at least they're secure and they're sort of trying to, to take this approach more on a consumer electronic level with more sort of professional uh, way of going about it. Uh, yeah. It's not a compromise I want for myself, but I, I can respect that. It's, it's more sort of like that, that middle place uh, where one of, their, one of my competitors find themselves now that, uh, that uh, I, don't, uh, I don't think that uh, it's a good place to be in.
0: I tend to agree. So maybe if you could talk a little bit, like I'm, I'm really curious because when you're developing a product from a design point of view, obviously there's, there's a little bit of like uh, exposing the product into the world. And one of the things I really like about, especially the Open Dime, is that it has a kind of a, I don't know how to really characterize it, but like punk. Uh, Cypherpunk, yeah. It's, a, it's like yeah, a sci-fi look to it. Yeah and I think it's so effective I I mean I'm I'm sure it's alienating part of the market because the some some new users probably want to see something a little fluffier but I don't Those know Those people maybe... are
1: not doing bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> see that's the thing right like I mean for for many years I tried making the stuff that's like you know debit cards and that machine and look very corporatey and sort of like try to do the stuff to sort of like copy the the mainstream market of of like financial products right and uh, that's that's not the people using bitcoin yeah
0: (laughs) i mean that already exists so exactly why repeat
1: it you know the people using bitcoin uh they they are weird we are all weird right i mean just the fact that you understand what the word central banking means you know probably means you're weird so I want to make that product. I want to make the the world I wanna I wanna be, right? Not not the stuff that exists. Um it's kinda like, you know, we're in the space station there using little uh open dimes as <laughs> as barter, right? <laughs> uh so uh so so that's sort of like uh yeah, that that's kind of how we approach it.
0: Yeah, and I think it it definitely strikes I think the the perfect balance when I when I first saw it to be honest I I didn't really understand what is this USB stick that carries bitcoin like a, how do I interact with it but it kind of just the the logo and seeing it on t-shirts and seeing it on um on a website just feels like oh I think it this conveys the ideals that I'm kind of striving for and it really I don't know I it was really interesting to see it for the first time and it's like it's a really nice design object. I wonder how much time do you put into the fa- into the actual design of the object, like the the little the the typography that goes around that ring and
1: like everything. <laughs> like we put a lot of time in that, especially because uh, this was designed in Eagle. Uh, that's the software they're used to design PCBs, right?
0: Uh, I guess I don't know.
1: Yeah. So and. This is not a design program. Yeah, <laughs> Let's just put it this way. Uh, it, it, is, it is a, a monumental uh, a, a, a amount of time put in just to get stuff right. Um, it, it's not like... Uh, if anybody worked to Vigo before, they understand. <laughs> so, for
0: instance, uh, to imprint that typography around the ring, do you actually have to kind of fake
1: a circuit? or Yeah, no, it's a real circuit. It's uh, this is done with yeah, so it's uh, it's got um, uh, the thankfully Eagle supports fonts right. There is three of them, um, and uh, but but it's very specific and it's actually part of the PCB. Uh, and then, for example, you know it doesn't really have any design tools, right? It's designed to just for you to make like lines and traces. So, for example, you know we had to we had to write a little program to make those rays. <laughs> the, the the little rays that uh that, like around the hole mm-hmm. so so stuff like that it, it's uh it's it's very tricky uh the b for bitcoin on the version 3 i can't remember if it's version 2 is, uh, version 4 is also true but i remember version 3 and bef- before is actually the 5 volt signal <laughs> <laughs> so there's actually electricity going through those those circuits. Is that... some, some of them, yes. Yeah, some of yeah. them, no. Right. So for example, the stuff that's not exposed, there is no electricity on it.
0: Got it. Nice. That's really, that's really interesting. I mean, I think it's really interesting because, uh, because if it's purity, you kind of, and the limitation of the tools, like in, in a way, I'm kind of thankful that Eagle doesn't have, doesn't support any fonts that you could use because then you could like, maybe you would go on a rampage and start over designing, but
1: yeah, it's a, you know, I I don't know, like I'm not a fan of the empty canvas uh, sort of process Mm -hmm. of design for myself. I just don't function well in that. I need, I like constraints because it's like I want to solve a problem. So, so like the more constraints, the more like um, fulfilling it is to me. Um, I, I really enjoy not being allowed to do most things and sort of like see Mm -hmm. how we can work around those problems
0: yeah when you solve a problem it's so much more rewarding because you're like ah there's actually something that there's a hurdle that was overcome yes and just switching to the cold card um just wonder if you could speak a little bit about how it is to in such a minimalistic display how do you go about and figure out the UX and the, the user flows
1: of going from screen to screen, selecting options? You, you know, it's kind of funny, but you know, this was the constraint for decades and decades of electronics when, when uh, you know, the first sort of LCDs came about. Uh, you know, like very little memory and very small discra- displays. So we, we don't really have... A lot of stuff to do, right? It's like you take, you take a, a transaction, right? You review things, and then we ask you, do you want to do this? You don't want to do that, right? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so it, those those interactions are very sort of simple. And then what we do is we just push the things that matter to the top, and then we m- let you scroll down for more information, kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how the, all the flows are designed. Um, there is not a lot of fluff, I guess. Once you start designing with too much fluff, that's when you sort of get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, menus are just selectable choices, right? I mean, th- there is not a lot more than just scrolling down and finding the thing you want and then sort of drilling down. Uh, you know, we try to keep the drill down to, to a minimum. I think the maximum drill down in a menu is like three. Three uh, levels. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's three levels. Uh, you know, if you have to go more, so be it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we, we try to keep those things simple. Um, and then things that are not very used by anybody, we make those into Eastern eggs. Uh, many menus have Eastern eggs. Mm-hmm. So you know, for example, you know, like for making a backup, right, on the micro SD, uh, it doesn't offer you the option of not making a unencrypted. Uh, backup, so it has to be encrypted, but you know we need to do testing. I need to do stuff. Uh, so you know if you press a secret a secret uh, number there, I think it was number four, it's not documented on the menu it's in the docs, but not in the menu. Uh, you let you who ask you if you want to do are you sure you want to make it an encrypted backup I,
0: I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so, so a lot of menus have a secret number that's often a random one, uh, they'll let you do something that, that you shouldn't.
0: So now I have to go through all the menus and click all the numbers to, to see if there's an option hidden there.
1: <laughs> I, I believe uh, most of them are documented though on okay, the docs, okay. just not <laughs> in the UI. Nice.
0: So it sounds like you're saying that because the, the UI is so rudimentary and so well established in the kind of the computer and hardware experience that we've been having for decades now, you don't feel the need to map out the the flows
1: and we don't map out. I don't have a single flow chart of menus for any of the devices we make. That's interesting. We just because see the development process, right, of the actual device. Is very similar to the flow of use of the device. Mm-hmm. Right? So you know, the first thing you're gonna do as you're building this is, you know, first you, you build some UI, right? So you have UI. And then you build, okay, so that what's the thing the hardware wallet does? Well, sign transactions, right? So you make that happen and, and you just work that through as a user. Okay, now we have that. Now let's add the second functionality. Well, where does second functionality go? Well, below. The first functionality, yeah. <laughs> you know, and where does the third functionality go? Well, <laughs> under the second, right? Uh, and so it goes that way. And, and, then, and then we often go into a process where, uh, as a team, we sort of just sort of go through the things and maybe rearrange the menu a little bit, right? To just clear out things. Sometimes you do things just to be fast or lazy. So we, we just sort of may rearrange some of the order uh, or recategorize things, but, but that's it. What else is there to do?
0: Yeah, that that sounds totally viable. No, that's great. It's it feels like such a an organic process that it may be just because it's so it's so minimal that you don't need to go through all the the overhead exercise of making like this really complex experience more
1: intelligible because it's already so so straightforward. I think including less people in the process. It's one of the reasons why we often, uh, like, we don't put the source code, we don't put the stuff out in public, uh, even though it is open source, uh, until we're ready to put it in public, right? This is not a democracy. This is not uh, 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 collaborative with the users. It, It is very much of an autocracy, and how the design is going to be done right like uh, th- not the code like not the code not the 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 science right the the science is done collaborative that the science needs peer review but but the design is our vision no yeah. yeah so I mean- so we like sort of like when the product is ready then we make it public yeah, and I think
0: that makes total sense because you and your team are the people that are thinking about this day in and day out. Uh, I mean, I, I use it and I think, oh, this could be done this way. But, okay, <laughs> I'm not considering everything around that decision. There's probably intricacies that I don't even understand. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, there, is no, there is no good result coming out of design by committee. I don't think
1: not no not really it's uh it, it's and and also you know yeah it's like the smaller the team the less people involved the better right i i mean it, you really want to keep things um as as um uh streamlined less. yeah i wouldn't say streamlined but yeah like co- less comedies right less mm-hmm. Again, right, because uh, the, a user experience is something very personal, right? It's something you do yourself in your own life. So when we're trying to design the product, it's like, you know, it's a single person who's going to use it. So it should be mostly of a single person who's going to make it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, there's not a lot of, uh, it's not infected by too many different too many different uh, uh, um, ways of thinking about it, and then it gets confusing.
0: Yeah, and everybody has their biases. That exactly cloud, and them. then you're
1: making a compromise between different biases, right? Mm-hmm. That gets extra. It, it is possible to get there through that path too, but then you need even more people and even more sort of iterations and even more testing. So you have to essentially like add. It's very additive, and then and then you have to do all the 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 process all around again to be reductive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you start very small, it's just it's reductive by design. Yeah.
0: When you, in developing, uh, do you look outwards for a lot of community contribution on GitHub, or do you tend to? I mean, probably if someone finds a bug, I'm sure that you review it and you integrate the solve, but you don't you don't tend to look too much on On the contributions or on Twitter you tend to stay a little bit away from that and stick to your the internal decisions
1: is that correct Uh, no no we we do we do love when people contribute Um, especially especially to to functionality or bugs or improvements kind of thing less on the UI side Uh, and and people do um, people do contribute but but the problem is like hardware is hard (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and, uh, and there, so there's a lot less people that do hardware, uh, hardware development, right? So, uh, so you know, it's not gonna be like many projects that that can take a lot more contribution because there's a lot more people that could contribute, and this is also security product, right? So, there's a lot of revision, there's a lot of attention put in into anything that could come in into the code base. It makes
0: total sense. i I admire so much that you were able to to come up with a, with the logistics, let alone the the knowledge to assemble all the parts, put them in a, in a really nice packaging and ship it out to, to people that actually want to buy it it's uh, It's super impressive I, and I, I think everybody really loves the product, especially on the cold card. Well, thanks. With and maybe is this something that you found very hard to deal with uh, on the hardware side dealing like I imagine that you need to constantly be lo- on the lookout for new new parts or technology developments that might improve the performance or the security of the of your devices
1: well yeah there's a few things I mean you know we we would love to to have more memory to do more things and faster, mm-hmm. uh, but we've reached sort of like the The top of of the of the line of the family of the current uh, main microprocessor we use. So uh, to 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 go to to do something else now, we need to get something else, right? Like so, we would need to change a lot of a lot of code uh, and and quite a bit on the board. Um, And uh, also, you know, we we're always like looking for the next. Uh, sort of like improvement we can do with security, so that's why we made Mark Three, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to use the the newer version of the secure element we use uh, because we wanted to put the the counter in the secure element. Uh, that was a that was a biggie for me, and uh, but we are still looking now for sort of like the next level of of security as well. Uh, security is not a static thing, right? Like yeah. given, a, given infinite resources and infinite time, anything is breakable. Yeah, so, and, and a genius
0: idea could render all the security useless. Uh, so it could change very rapidly, I think. Yeah,
1: so, so you know, we, we want to keep on improving because, see, I, I, I think like I'm a big believer that like if you have a, a $100 device, to hold your life savings, right? It's not a huge investment for us to, to keep on improving it on the hardware side and, and people to just get the new one. Right? It, it really is not a huge investment uh, when you're talking about uh, your life savings. Yeah, no, um, not at all. And so, think, yeah,
0: And I think we're so, we're so early that these are... I, I almost feel like everything related to Bitcoin, it's kind of a potential collector's items that in 50 years it's going to be such, I mean, it, it already has so much more of a emotional value, but it might actually become kind of a, a museum
1: piece almost. Well, people do collect the the original, I've seen the original Open Dimes, uh, the green ones mm-hmm. uh, going for like a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've seen the 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 first version in black going for 50 or so, but it's interesting, right? Um, these things do do uh, increasing value because they're never going to be made again, right? I'm never going to make the the version one again um, yeah, no. and, and and I don't know it's a memento of you being there at that time in a space that's starting out. It's kind of like an Apple II. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, having having some of the original Apple hardware from from when the computer was sort of like being invented for consumers, um, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's fun. We're all nerds, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know that I've
0: I've seen a couple of um, I've seen a couple of videos and images of uh, like a kind of a bare bones gold card being used on top of a on top of the London Times, I I'm imagining that's kind of a, an emulator, so you can yes. So, so for,
1: for development, uh, we built a, like a a full blown simulator. Mm-hmm. Uh, it simulates everything, including the USB, uh, so that people can do development for the code card. Uh, and I and right now you can even connect the real code card and use a secure element in the real code card for the simulator, which is really cool. Um but yeah, so you know, since these are devs, I figured hey, you know, you should see the code card without the keys. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right? I mean, because you're doing development inside, so no clothes. And uh and uh, the newspaper on the back is the Chancellor uh yeah original so the I,
0: I i never used it i never used the the simulator but it feels like such a, a useful tool to to actually help with the development um
1: yeah it, it's it's very hard to do hardware development on the hardware mm-hmm. because you, you constantly need to to reboot and it's uh it's kind of like trying to work on the bios right of a of a pc Right, so you need to to do stuff from a different device and sort of update and then and then reboot and then try and it, it's a very 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 um, multi-iterative process. Uh, so so having a simulator on the computer that you can just you know very quickly uh, reboot and sort of like sort of continue working is, is uh, makes life a lot uh, a lot easier. For sure, and what do you? So,
0: is this something that you push for 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 people to actually like? I, I know that I've gone through a couple of a uh, couple of updates on the cold card, but I definitely never compiled the code for myself, and uh, verification of the code is somewhat limited. So, if in some ways, I'm I'm relying a lot on your uh, benevolence to to not
1: input your in. money, yeah <laughs> so um, so th- there is a lot of people reviewing the code, right like mm-hmm. a lot uh, we had we've paid security researchers there is sec- there's security researchers just trying to get some PR the competition spends all day trying to break our stuff th- there okay. is a lot of eyes on it uh it, you know. Cold Card is now what, like two three years old. I I actually lost track of it. Yeah, uh, there is a lot of core devs who use cold Card. Um, there is there is users who pay other people to review cold Card by secure researchers. So, I think we're in a good place, right? I, I mean, we, we we you know we probably sell more devices now than Trezor does. Um, oh, nice. S- so, uh, so th- there is a lot of eyes on it. Yeah, that's
0: uh, that's great. Uh, I I tend to to agree. Like, a lot of people that I respect uh, recommend this uh, the cold cards. So I tend to defer a little bit. But in a way, it's also good that you kind of it feels like you want to keep things simple. It feels like it's also a design decision to keep things simple, so it's easy, easier or...
1: Well, one of the ways we, we force that on ourselves is keeping the team small. Mm-hmm. So there is so much you can do with a small team and, and ship, right? So, so, if you're, so, so then, you know, it's, it's not even a choice. I think that self-imposed uh, way of, of, of development uh, sort of keeps us on track. We have to make choices, right? We want there is like 50 features we want to do. So we have to prioritize because the resources are 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 like smaller.
0: Yeah. And I imagine it's also easier to coordinate. There's not a lot of people like stepping on each other's toes and no, there's
1: none of that. Exactly. Like there's there's one manager manager in the company, it's me. <laughs> That's it. Uh, <laughs> do
0: you do you work together or remotely? Remotely. Everybody's remotely,
1: yeah, nice. Uh, everybody's in Toronto too. No, that's amazing. Aside I... from some contractors that might do a thing here and there, like mm-hmm. everybody's in Toronto. Uh, the, the only time we see each other in person is to eat steak nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, everything is done uh, that way. We don't even have slack. you know we, we we have our own IRC server, and that's how we do our thing.
0: Oh, interesting. how do you, how do you move around kind of I mean Maybe you we send
1: we we just use a courier company to send hardware between each other and uh, and we have a factory that's like contract manufacturing uh, that has a line for us in uh, like thirty forty minutes uh, thirty minutes uh north of the city uh so you know we we they do prototypes for us we do prototype in our labs and uh and then we sort of like Iterate that way, and then the factory starts making it. What is
0: what is the the reaction of the the vendors in the factory when you approach them with "Hey, we want to make this device"? Do you explain the, to them just the specs, or do you?
1: No, we you... give them. Uh, we just give them mar- marching orders. There is not a lot for them to think. Like they're not part of the process.
0: But do they? Are they curious about the device
1: they're? Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, they're they're definitely curious about the the. the 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 devices, um, yeah. but uh, but yeah, they're not a huge part of the the process. Yes,
0: uh, I think I, I think it's such an interesting uh, development that um, potentially we have all these constraints in Bitcoin driving the the hardware manufacturing and even potentially I don't know exactly how it works, but I can see a future where even the supply chain changes a little bit to accommodate to all these. Oh
1: yeah, no, we have a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, the guys from the factory are always like looking at our faces, like what? <laughs> you, you know, because say they make the board, right? Mm-hmm. And then they have to do a operation with a secure box we have uh, to do to do some part of the programming of the device, and then they close the case, and then they have to. To re to to plug it again into a different box that does a second part of the programming, uh, and and that you know the box is like booby trapped and chained to the desk kind of thing, right? So so uh, y- you know, but th- these guys have some experience with you know with secure environments and things yeah, like that. Point. But but uh, y- you know, there is physical star uh, considerations, right? And then. You know, we ask them to scan, to, to, to connect the code card to this other machine that, that links the code card to the bags, right? To package them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, like, there is a lot of weird processes uh, in, in the... In, in a, and then for, for Open Dime, uh, one of the steps in programming, you know, we have a facility that does programming, say, for, like, military kind of thing, right? So, like, it's like a secure programming facility, that, that, does, that puts the, the firmware in one of the chips for the OpenDime. And uh, what's funny is that uh, we don't trust them either, right? So they only do part of the process, and then we, we take it out of their hands, and then we put it on the boards, and then we do a second part of the process, the pairing of the, of the secure element to the MCU. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of weird processes that are not very uh, familiar to most uh, electronics industry unless they're doing security stuff or more sort of advanced hardware.
0: Yeah, I, I I love it. It's it's amazing. It's like it's serving a whole new type of user that's somewhat paranoid. Paranoid, Yeah, yeah, and you take this paranoia to the extreme. And I would imagine there's even more extreme solutions than cold card that have not been invented yet that maybe are not as practical, but... <laughs> It's it's such a novel approach. It's it's really interesting to see it develop. And I, I have a note here that I know that the the cold card was launched in December 2017. So it's like so young and already so evolving so quickly. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean. It's it's a small industry, right? Yeah. So uh, most people that need to know about it, already probably heard about it. So it's a matter of them just trying it, and then once they try, it, I mean, once you know, I like to make products kind of like this. Like once you try it, that that's it. Like you, you want to use it. Um, it's uh, that's kind of how I feel about uh, cold card and open dime. It's like once you go cold card, you really don't go back. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So. Just to maybe wrap it up, you mentioned that you, you use no user flows. The, the UI is very constricted to the technology you want to use. Is there any way that you kind of approach even the design of the hardware? Do you have, instead of using like big whiteboards or post-its, do you actually like have big printouts of the schematics of the, of the electronic components that go into each of the devices and kind
1: of... Try to figure out. Nope. How to, no, it's all done. <laughs> Very organic. Very organic. You, you know, I I do have you, you know like uh, like professional 3D printers. Like you know like uh, uh, forgot the name of the technology now. The liquid resin stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know like I'll I'll go on Fusion. I'll play around. You know, print some things. See how it feels in the hand. Um. But then you know we have uh, we have an industrial designer that uh, works with us, and, and you know I'll get him to polish the the the, the ugly duck I made, mm-hmm. and uh, and sort of like and use the, the correct engineering right to to, uh, to to you know the ribs on the case, and he understands plastic molding and stuff, right? So, so that it, it does well, but but we 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 have a, an exact vision of what we want, right? Um, and uh, we just need to to get it out there. Um, oh. And uh, but yeah, it's like and then there's considerations like, for example, you know, we use a very specific plastic on the casing, right? This is not your standard consumer product plastic. This is like polycarbonate, which is much stronger. Uh, and And has like nice properties on how it gets transparent, uh, but you know we want to make sure the thing doesn't break um, and uh, and those things sort of like uh, they influence the design mostly by constraints yeah that's that's amazing. I think it's it's really
0: great because you can look at the object and you if you don't know what it is, it feels kind of foreign, but once you understand what it is the you can really see that there's no nothing left to chance every the like even even the the numbers and the the check mark I was like, oh there's so much attention to the details on everything it's it's really it's really nice i <laughs> i really I'm really excited to see what you come up with next and I know that in your website you have the terminal and the bitcoin server. I know that a long time ago, I think you were working on the terminal, but is this something that you're still. Yeah, so
1: we started making a second terminal uh, with like touch and all that stuff. Uh, That was pretty, but you know, there is no market uh, Mm -hmm. for it. Uh, You know, a terminal competes with a phone. Yeah. Right? Like a lot of devices compete with a phone, and a phone is like amazing. Like you have like the RAM of a computer from a year ago on it, right? Like you have a big screen, you have all this stuff in there and, and you really can't compete with it. So, so we try not to. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, products that compete with it uh, seem to, to fade away very fast, right? So if you're going to have a hardware wallet that's like kind of like not that secure, then might as well use a phone.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. And uh, um, I... I- I would even argue that it's even a little too early for uh, devising terminals and POSs because I think we're still on the stage of people trying to understand how to save Bitcoin and not necessarily spend. So, I mean, I'm totally... You know, if you
1: want to integrate stablecoin in a terminal, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, but it's kind of funny, right? Because in the early days, uh, people wanted to spend Bitcoin. So it made sense making that, and that's what was uh, our understanding was, right? This is, this is money. Um, as time progressed, as the industry uh, started to understand economics better, because most people came from tech, there were a few people from economics, but most people came from tech, we started to understand economic concepts better, right? We, we started to understand some of the Austrian stuff, uh, and, and sort of the store of value thing finally started to make sense, right? So, so it was a journey that most people went through. That's why there was so much payment stuff on the early days. Yeah, and I don't even
0: think people need to understand economics. You just see the, the price go up. And number go think, up. Yeah, I don't want to spend it. Uh, I, don't, I don't need to read uh, an econ- economy book. I just, I just want to keep it. <laughs> it's right. like instinctual. Exactly. Okay, well, Thank you so much. I don't know if, you, if there's anything else you want to, to talk about, but it was great. Thank you so much for taking the time. Obviously, I, this is like my first attempt of doing a podcast. I hope that people find this interesting. And well, it
1: was my pleasure. It's fun to talk about uh, UX and design on uh, Bitcoin stuff. It's, a, it's one of those topics that I have not seen much. I only see people complaining about how Bitcoin or products are, are not easy. But I don't see a lot of people actually trying to improve that with their actual time, right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I think that maybe this, uh, this idea you had of this podcast, maybe, uh, maybe this sort of sparks more thinking around this stuff, but actually also more doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's totally the goal is to, to, to try to, to bring every, every design episode and every design story that everybody has to, to the forefront and kind of inspire, even inspire designers that are not even interested in Bitcoin. Because I feel like a lot of designers are looking for interesting things to work on and mm-hmm. they neglect to notice Bitcoin as being this amazing new technology. It's like working for Google in the early days, I think. Right.
1: I- imagine if, uh, you know, say designers can contribute to some of these projects because they would need to learn how to code, right? But you know why aren't they trying to add all the all the verbs to say font awesome," right? So create icons for sign transactions for mm-hmm. this and that, right like for all the the, the the verbs that we need in Bitcoin. you know there's a lot of room to contribute in all this stuff, uh, you know. It's one of those things, like, you know, get, get to work instead of complaining. <laughs> yeah, and uh, absolutely. I think it, it's it's some, somewhat of
0: a realization I've been coming to. You have Twitter and you have the internet in general. In Bitcoin, it feels like that's like our project management tool. People go in on Twitter and they complain. And <laughs> you see, okay, wow, there's a need for this. I don't even need to come up with my own ideas. I just see that people have this need. It just... On your computer and do it and see if people like it. If they don't like it, move on or try to I, I think, make it better. Uh,
1: it's uh, we just haven't had a system, right? That aside from the internet in the early days, it doesn't require permission. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, especially the design marketing people, they, they haven't worked in environments where you don't need permission, right? So it's like just do. Yeah, do it if everybody's people like it. They're going to use it.
0: Everybody's waiting for a brief. Everybody's waiting for. Uh, like marching orders, when in fact you get to decide what you want to work on, and there's and there's so much. I th- I feel like there's so much that needs to be worked on. It's really a matter of people yeah. getting... sit your butt
1: on a chair and get it done, right? And yeah. and uh, if people like it, they'll use it. If they don't, well, then uh, then you made something people don't want. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Again, to the collector's item bucket failed that's right i mean
1: you know i have my share <laughs> boxes yeah. and boxes of stuff it's uh that's how it goes
0: yeah and i, I think you, you really need to fail a bunch of times until you get something that's actually good that's right okay rodolfo thank you so much for joining uh it was great talking to you hope to see more coming out of CoinKite and
1: Thank you. Well, thanks, thanks for having me and uh, good luck on this podcast. I, I kind of look forward to uh, listening about uh, Bitcoin and sort of design and UX and uh, that, that sort of stuff that uh, we have definitely a hold there in the market for you.
0: Great. Thank you. I'll do my best. Thank you so much. Have a Bye. great day. You too.